dedicated to each and every one of you who appreciate a great glass of wine. You know what I mean? It's Monday. Let's raise a glass to the beginning of another week. It's time to unscrew, uncork, or savor a bottle. And let's begin exploring the wine glass. Today, I am doing something very different than normal. The podcast will be all me. I am in the process of studying for my Spanish Wine Scholar certification, and I thought it would be beneficial to do a deep research onto Galicia. This would require me to dive deep into the autonomous region and hopefully get the details drilled into my brain. And since I did all of this research, I thought I'd turn it into a podcast to allow you to dive deep into Galicia. If you also read my blog or follow me on social media, you know how much I adore Albarino and Ria Spicious. It is truly a dream of mine to be able to visit the region one day and sip Albarino along the Mino and Sil rivers. For this episode, I give a brief introduction into the other dios located in Galicia, but dive a bit deeper into Ria Spicious. If you enjoy exploring the wine glass, I'd appreciate you giving me some love by taking two minutes out of your day to write up a review on whatever app you listen on. It is the best way to support the show. Slancha. Hey everybody, I'm Lori Budd, a UC Davis winemaking program, someday service, champagne specialist, and WSET level 2 graduate. You can find Exploring the Wine Glass on all the socials as well as your favorite podcast catchers. If you haven't subscribed yet, now's the perfect time to swipe, subscribe, rate, and review. I promise I'll never tell you what to drink, but I'll always share what's in my glass. Located on the northwestern coast of Spain, on the Atlantic coastline, lies the Spanish Autonomous Region of Galicia. It is bordered by the Atlantic Ocean in the north and west, Portugal to the south, and another Spanish Autonomous Region, Castilla y León, to the east. With 1,500 kilometers of coastline, the region's climate is heavily influenced by the Atlantic Ocean, making it one of the wettest regions in Spain, and thereby receiving the nickname Green Spain. Galicia's climate is influenced by the Gulf Stream current, which develops from the Caribbean. The wind warms the region in the winter, and during the summer, the westerly winds carry the warm air out to sea. The coldest temperatures occur in January, where the temperature drops to a cool 40 degrees. The warmest months are July and August, where the temperatures reach about 75 degrees. As a whole, the region receives around 75 inches of rain annually, and the majority of that occurs during the months of October and February. So although there is an excessive amount of rainfall, it is countered by plenty of sunshine and helpful winds. December sees the least amount of hours of sunshine, while the highest month for sunshine is May, with a whopping 217 hours of sunshine. The sun and wind help the fruit on the vines to be able to ripen fully. Wine has been in Galicia for centuries. In fact, they have exported wine since the 14th century. Unfortunately, in the 19th century, the region hit an economic downfall and many people left the region. The vineyards, sadly, were left unattended and became overgrown. But in 1986, when Spain joined the European Union, things began to change. The funding stimulated the wine industry. Today, Galicia is booming. Although there are red wines produced in the region, it is best known for the whites. 
there are five main appellations within Galicia, Valdoras, Riviera Sacra, Monterrey, Ribeiro, and Rias Baixas. So we're going to dive a little brief talk about four of these denominations de origin before really going deep into Rias Baixas. Valderoras is located in the eastern portion of Galicia and gained its status in 1945. The name means Valley of the Gold, and it is thought that to be the first grape-growing and wine-producing region in Galicia. The name is derived from the fact that the Romans were originally in the area to mine for gold. When they were done with the mining, they did what they do best and planted vines. The vines of Valderoas are located on extremely steep slate hillsides along the Sil River. Vineyards are planted at elevations between 984 and 2297 feet above seed level. Production-wise, the region is almost split between Blanco and Tinto, with just a slight nod to the Blanco. The majority of the vines in Valderoas are planted to Godelo, an indigenous grape variety followed by Menthia. Since Valderez is not on the coastline, it experiences a maritime climate with the continental influence. It sees between 33 and 39 inches of rain annually and can experience late frost and spring hailstorms. In order to be labeled Valdoras Godello, the wine must be made exclusively from Godello, while Valdoras Mathia requires a minimum of 85% of the grape. There is also Espamosas that requires a minimum of 85% Godello. Recently, the region created a new category, Valdoras Castas Nobles, which is given to those wines produced with at least 85% of their preferred varieties. Just to the west of Valdoras is Dio Ribera Sacra. This region, unlike the majority of Galicia, is actually best known for its red grape variety, Mathia. Status was awarded to the region in 1996. Ribiera Sacra translates to Sacred Riverside, and it is thought that the name is in reference to the numerous monasteries that are in the area. The soils are granite and slate. The vineyards are planted on extremely uh, steep terraced vineyards along the Mino and Sil rivers so that they can absorb maximum sunlight. These terraces that sit between 1,300 and 1,600 feet above sea level are so insane that they are actually classified as heroic viticulture. Climatically, the region is maritime with continental influences and sees slightly less rainfall than Valderos. Although most vinos tintos in the DO are made with 100% mesilla, Regulations only require that a minimum of 70% of preferred varieties. A special designation created by the DO is Ribiera Sacra Sumon. For the honor of labeling a wine this classification, the wine must be produced from a minimum of 85% preferred varieties, including a minimum of 65% Menthea. Under the same classification, Vinos Blancos must be made from 100% preferred varieties. The smallest DO in Galicia is Monterrey. Located just above Portugal in the southern portion of Spain, the DO gained status in 1996, and 63% of its production is dedicated to Vinos Blancos. The soils in the region are extremely varied, including slate, 
shale, sandy granite, and clay. The region sees under 30 inches of rain annually, and its vineyards range between 1,300 and 1,600 feet above sea level. Due to its internal location, climatically, it is extremely different from the rest of Galicia. The region is warm and dry during the summer and extremely cold in the winter. During the growing season, the vines can see a diurnal shift of up to 30 degrees. Because of the warmer temperatures, Monterrey can successfully grow both white and red grape varieties, such as Mencia. However, the focus is on white production. Similar to Valderas, Monterrey produces a significant amount of Godello, but it is actually best known for Trejedora. Moving north and a bit west from Monterrey, along the Mino River floor, we find Dio Ribeiro, the oldest Dio in Galicia. In contrast, the higher vineyards of the previously discussed Dio's, here the vineyards are found between 75 and 400 meters above sea level. The region was awarded Dio status in 1932 and is heavily skewed towards white varieties. The region grows many white varieties, including Albariño, Lorero, and Tarantes. The dominant grape is Trajidora, but Godello is on the rise. The red flesh, Chanteria grape variety, Alicante Boucher, is also grown in this D.O., Soils are predominantly granite, with a small portion of schist and sedimentary. The maritime climate is at high risk for spring frost and sees about 35 inches of rain annually. Here, there are coleateros, who are boutique wineries that produce no more than 15,850 gallons of wine annually. The wine from the coleatero must be 100% estate. And today, there are approximately 115 coleateros in Ribeiro. Now, we move on to Rias Baixas, the most northern of the aforementioned Dios. All right, so truth be told, it's the most northern portion of Ribeira Sacra is pretty close, but I do think Rias Baixas has it beat. So Rias Baixas is located along the Atlantic coastline, and its name refers to the inlets, or rias, that dominate the landscape. The grapes here are grown on pergolas to allow the air to circulate around the grapes. This is extremely important because of the amount of rainfall. Rias Baixas averages almost 100 inches of rainfall a year. Thankfully, that is countered with 2,200 hours of sunshine. The heaviest rainfall occurs in the winter months with the temperatures dropping to around 50 degrees Fahrenheit. With all that rainfall, it's not surprising that it is also rainy in the spring, causing concern for the growing season. The La Denominación Especifica Albariño was formed in 1980. However, when Spain joined the EU in 1986, the idea of having an appellation and a grape named the same was not allowed. So they had to change the name, and it was awarded Dio status Rias Baixas in 1988. The DO is dedicated to the production of Albariño. 99% of the production is Vinos Blancos, and 90% of all wine produced is Albariño. In order to be labeled Rias Baixas, the wine must be a minimum of 70% Albariño. The remaining percentage can be made up of Trechadoro, 
Torrantes, Lorero, which is also known as Marquis, and Caño Blanco. Of all the DOs in Galicia, Rias Baixas sees the most rainfall, 70 inches per year, and is truly a maritime climate. It is relatively small Appalachian with only around 4,000 hectares. The majority of vineyards, which are situated under 1,000 feet above sea level, are owned by small families that sell their grapes to the larger wineries. It is often stated that Rias Baixas is unlike any other part of Spain because of the beautiful green landscape. The topsoil is sandy silicon, but is not very deep. Just below this layer is decompressed granite. This allows the soil to dry out in the summer and filter the rain in the winter. There is so much granite in the region that the pergolas are built using it. In fact, granite is used for most structures from the historic buildings to fence posts. I mean, seriously, why use any other material when you have an almost unlimited supply? In an article by Patrick Schmidt in The Drink Business, Pazo Torres Penedes, a winery in Rias Baixas, has actually created egg fermenters out of the granite. So along with the granite in the soil is filled with marine fossils. And these fossils help to add the beautiful salinity to the wine. Original vines in Rias Baixas were in vaso, or head-trained, but were extremely susceptible to oidium and mildew infestation. The grapes did not receive enough air circulation to eliminate the constant humidity the region saw, resulting in a large percentage of crop loss. The trellis system, known as the paral system, was developed partially to counter these concerns. By allowing the vines to grow off the ground, it keeps the grapes out of the humidity and allows the wind to circulate and help to dry them. Since there is less density of the vines, they can have a tendency to become overproductive, so careful vineyard management is required. A second reason for the Perala system, that pergola system, was a need for additional space. Since the farmers were mostly small farmers tending to their grounds, they needed the property to be multi-purposed. With the grapes on the parals, they could use the ground underneath for other crops or livestock. And a final positive use of the paral system is the protection of the vines themselves. Returning to all of the rainfall in the region seas, the paral system helps to protect the flowering of the vines. Rain when the vines are flowering can be extremely detrimental. Albarino shares many of the same terpenes found in other aromatic varieties, such as Gewürztraminer, Muscat, and Riesling, and is known for its highly acidic and ultra-fresh flavor. It is also relatively low in alcohol, which makes it a perfect aperitif. The varietal aromas include lime, apple, grapefruit, hyacinth, almond, and grass. The most popular attraction for most people is the salinity. You can almost taste the sea spray. It is often suggested to drink Albarino within a two-year time frame from bottling. It can be produced in a variety of expressions, light and fruity, but can also be made into a complex wine, one that can be aged. Originally, it was thought that Albarino was related to Riesling and brought from pilgrims as they traversed the Santiago de Compostela. After that was disproven, it was thought to be a relative of Petit Mensang, but further research has now proven that it is indigenous to the Rias Baixas region. Within Rias Baixas, there are five subzones, Ribiera de Oya, Val d'Ossens, Salto Mayer, Cantado de Te, and Orasal. 
It is thought that the two most important DOs are those located on the coast, Val d'Ossanez and Orozal. Riviera de Oro is the youngest subzone of Rias Baixas. The subzone was registered in 2000. It is located more inland and contains mostly alluvial soils. Although the region is responsible for 10% of the Albarino and Rias Baixas, it only produces under 5% of the region's total wine. What is special about Ribeira de Oya is that it is also well known for the production of quality red wines. The region has large producers and many cooperatives in addition to the smaller family-owned wineries known as adegas. From the youngest subzone, we move to the oldest, Valdosanis, is the coolest and wettest subzone and is considered the birthplace of Albarino. The vineyards are located on the gentle slopes and valley floor of the Omia River. Of the five subzones, Valdosanis is the flattest of the subzones. With approximately 1,500 hectares under vine, it contains more than 50% of the total vineyards within Rias Baixas. Additionally, more than two-thirds of the wineries are located here. Production in Val Dulcinez includes both varietal Albarino and white blends. The most inland of the subzones is Cantaro de Te, which also makes it the warmest. Located on the north bank of the Mino River, it is extremely mountainous. The soils are granite and slate. Of the five subzones, it is the second largest. The region gained its name from the Te River that flows into the Mino River. It is the second largest subzone with approximately 550 hectares under vine. Cantaro de Te is responsible for almost a quarter of the region's production. Orozal is located on the northern bank of the Mino River, just south of Valdos Salines. It is a warmer region and grows Trechadora and Lorero in addition to Albarino in its alluvial soils. These varieties are typically found in white Albarino blends. There are only about 300 hectares under vine, and they are mostly terraced as opposed to the Peral system and produce around 10% of the region's wine. Satomayer, the final subzone, is solely dedicated to the growing and production of Albarino. No other grape varieties are grown in this subzone. With only 20 hectares under vine, it has the distinction of being the smallest subzone and is responsible for just over 2% total production in the region. The soils are granite bedrock located just above Candido de Te, and the vineyards here are found on the hills of the Ria de Vego. And now, a word from our sponsor. Josina Wines loves to give back. There are so many fur babies that deserve to find their forever home. We would love to be able to help as many as possible. If you are part of a nonprofit organization or know of a nonprofit organization that would like to hold a fundraiser, please contact us at contact at dracinawines.com or visit our website, dracinawines.com, to fill out the form. How does the fundraiser work? It is super simple and costs your group absolutely nothing. Together, we will choose a month that your group will be sponsored. During the month, you promote the fundraiser just like any other event you'd hold. At the end of the month, we will donate 20% of the sales to your organization. 
The donations will be made in the name of each individual who purchased the wine so that you know exactly who helped the animals. Our goal is to raise as much funds as we possibly can and to help as many animals as possible. So please help us help as many fur babies as we possibly can. Now we have a better grasp of Galicia and Rias Baiches, I think it is time to virtually travel to this beautifully green region through our wine glasses. The first International Albariño Day was in 2012, and it was inspired by the annual Fiesta del Albariño held in the small coastal town of Cambodia, Spain, and it's held during the first week of August. The festival came into existence in 1977, but has really started to gain momentum for the grape variety in the past decade. Bad Pipes announced the opening of the wine tasting stands located in the main square of Cabados. I would love to be there for that. In honor of Fiesta del Albariño, here are three great options for you to try. The 2020 Lagarde de Severa, the 2020 Martin Kodaks, and the 2021 Paco and Lola. Lagar Saveta is located in El Rosal, while both Martin Kodaks and Paco and Lola are in Valdez Salines. Lagarde de Severa is a winery under the umbrella of La Rioja Alta S.A. I had the pleasure of interviewing Julio Sanz, head winemaker for La Rioja Alta, on a previous podcast. If you missed it, please go back and listen to episode 214. At the end of the 1980s, La Rioja Alta S.A. stopped the production of Rioja white wines and began the search for a great white wine with very specific elements that would differentiate it from other Spanish wines. They found Albariño in Rias Baixas. The original winery, Bodega Fernandez Severa Hermanos SL, was a family-run winery, but it was used as more as a hobby rather than a business. In 1988, La Rioja Alta SA began the process of purchasing the winery. In the glass, pronounced aromas of apple, peach, and apricot. On the palate, light-bodied, medium acidity, and medium flavors of apricot, grapefruit, and citrus. Next up is the 2020 Martin Kodaks. Bodegas Martin Kodaks was founded in 1986 and was named after the most known Galician trabador whose medieval poems and the oldest Galician Portuguese language are preserved. In the poems, the troubadour sings to love and to the sea of the coastline. Martin Kodaks is a cooperative of grape growers, and the winemaker and one of the original founders, Luciano Amiodo, was very instrumental in the DO gaining its status. In the glass, the 2020 Martin Kodaks is filled with ripe green apples. On the palate, in addition to the green apple, flavors of pear, grapefruit, and minerality shine. The long finish is a testament to the acidity in the slight-bodied wine. The final Albarino of the day is 2020 Paco and Lola. The winery was created in 2005 when a group of wine growers from the Osalis region joined together to improve their quality. The cooperative was named Sociedad Cooperativa Vida Vinicola Arosana and contains over 400 members. Paco and Lola harvest its fruit across 500 acres of vineyards. In the glass, aromas of whetstone, peach, and lemon zest. On the palate, green apple, pear, and stone fruit. High acidity and medium balanced wine, medium bodied wine, make this 
a pleasurable wine for all. Albarino is one of my favorite varieties, and the images of Rias Baixas are, to me, what dreams are made of. There is so much to love about Albarino, it is difficult to pick one. So I'm going to leave that up to you. Shoot me up on social media and tell me what is your favorite Albarino, what your favorite pairing is, and how you're celebrating Fiesta de Albarino. Slancha! This has been another episode of Exploring the Wine Glass. Thanks for listening. If you have suggestions on what topics you would like me to discuss, please reach out on social media. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as Exploring the Wine Glass. I am also on LinkedIn as Lori Hoytbud. Of course, you can always email me at exploringthewineglass at gmail.com. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe to help others find me more easily. And most importantly, tell your wine-loving friends, because if you like the podcast, they will too. Music is Wine by Kevens. Until next week, slancha. Give me the red, red wine. Give me the white, white wine. Give me the sweet, sweet wine. Give me the wine.